0: And you're listening to Teacher Talk, an ETT podcast production. And welcome to Teacher Talk, and ETT podcasts, and I'm your co-host, Che Chaney, middle school teacher of 21 years, and my co-host is right beside me, and she will introduce herself.
1: Hi, everyone. I am Pav Wander. I'm also a middle school teacher. I've got about 16 years of experience in the Toronto District School Board. I am very, very happy to be welcoming Helen and Nigel. We're very, very excited to speak to you today. please. Let everyone know who you are, what are your roles within ETT, and may, maybe tell us a little bit about some of the passions that have brought you into the roles that you are currently in right now with ETT. Helen, let's start with you. Okay.
2: Um, well, first of all, it's very interesting to hear that both of you are middle school teachers. I am also a middle school teacher of 22 years. Um, and uh, uh, such a wonderful, wonderful uh, role. Um, I am also the ETT local president, and um, yeah, I was elected onto our ETT executive in 2011, uh, got to work with members in many different capacities, became our local chief negotiator, and last year was uh, voted in Um, by ETT members as your local ETT president, and so humbled um, to be in this role and getting to work with members every single day to make our public education system stronger and to give voice to um, the incredible potential that exists within our public education system, uh, as well as to be a force for social justice and equity in our schools and in our communities across, uh, across Toronto.
1: Amazing. Thank you, Helen, so much. And Nigel, let's hear from you.
3: It's always weird because Helen's being so humble. She yeah. is such a fierce powerhouse, but I'll, I'll unpack some of those things later if she doesn't. <laughs> I mean, for me, I, I think I'm in my 18th year with the board. And I've taught every grade except for kindergarten, mm-hmm. which I admit I am dying to teach because my seven-year-old Joshua goes to a, a school here in the Toronto District School Board, and he absolutely loves his teachers. He loved his kindergarten teacher, he loved his grade one teacher, and he loves his grade two teacher. Even my partner loves his grade two teacher. Should I be worried? <laughs> Anyhow, all this thing, I'm saying, I, I. I I, I taught spec ed, special education, and, um, you know, I was just going to all of those SST meetings, those IST meetings, and I was just getting tired. They're always saying, Nigel, have you tried this strategy? Nigel, have you tried that strategy? And I'm like, you know what I need? What I need is an EA to hold on to this kid before they run outside. So, you know. I I decided I would run for the for the executive uh, about five years ago as an executive officer. And this year, um, you know, along with Helen, I was voted in by our wonderful membership as the vice president. I'm so honored to be doing this work, and I'm looking forward for us to continue to building our power together.
0: Uh, Nigel, Helen, two wonderful responses. I jotted down a few themes. The, this I theme the theme of potential. Meaning, we both, we all have seen such great things, and although great things are going on, we're not complacent that we need to stop here. We see the potential to do so much more, and and part of doing so much more is actually the conversation the four of us had, I believe at um, Federation Day Path EDT, yeah. and we mm-hmm. talked around yeah. a meal about podcasting, and it was just a, just a little informal conversation. But that conversation manifested into wait. There's, there's potential here to do something of significance. And Helen and Nigel, when you reached out to Pav and I to talk about podcasting, we were thrilled, honored, humbled. And we're so excited to start this project here with you today. And so this mm-hmm. question here is about, podcasting and and sort of audio content so podcasting and and audio content are impactful means to highlight stories they create artifacts they can bring awareness to critical issues that people can visit and revisit and so when you reached out to us to bring this podcast idea to life what were your hopes and what are your hopes and your desires for what you want this podcast this ETT podcast to represent and what stories you want it to bring out
2: you want to go first nigel
3: I mean, sure. I I think you know. I'm not going to speak for Helen because she'll speak for herself. For me, I I know that our members and, and school teachers. I mean, just you know, we're in a, we're in a 21st century. So people take in their their information in many different ways. Um, I am such a huge fan of the work that both of you have been doing, just seeing, uh, you know, even just when you look at it from the curriculum kind of point of view and how you bring it alive through podcasting. It's the same thing for me, how I'm seeing it as a teacher activist, that podcasting can be used for us to speak to people where they're at, meet them where they're at to talk about how, what is happening in public education, the lies that we're hearing from Leche, and how do we help, How do we again build our power in order to fight back? And so I, that's why I just think that this this podcast and and having classroom teachers like yourself um, curate, uh, create, do create it, and then and then present it to to school teachers, I think is a, a crucial piece of our of our fight back.
2: Yeah, and I mean just to add to that, that was so wonderful. But um, you know, the there is so much out there right now uh, around what's happening in our public education system, and there's so much that's not out there, right? So um, there are there are particular kinds of narratives that um, get circulated in mainstream media. There's particular narratives that get circulated right now by this uh, by this by the Ford government about what's happening in public education. And we know that the reality is on the ground—that what our members deal with every single day, what their comrades deal with every single day, what education workers deal with every single day in their schools, in their classrooms, uh, with their students, and in their communities. Because you know we're we're joined. It's not like a student leaves what happens to them, uh, you know, in their community and comes into the school, um, and those two things are separate. The exact same thing for our members. We want to make we want to we want a space. Um, Um, in this podcast for teachers to be able to share concretely what their experiences are in their buildings every day, to be able to present to uh, each other um, because sometimes, you know, our members do so many different things. You can have itinerant ESL teachers, for example. You can have special education teachers, people who have taken on various roles in their schools. And this space for me feels like an amazing opportunity for teachers to share what they're doing with each other, to share uh, what's actually going on inside their classrooms with their communities, and um, and to make that reality really, really concrete. The, we have, you know, as Nigel has already said, we've got lots of misinformation that comes from this government, starting with how much they're funding our schools. You know, we're, we're seeing uh, information come out right now about how much money they're, they're investing in our schools. And it is for us, it's total fabrication. Mm-hmm. When you actually break it down and talk about what's actually going on in our schools and how much money has actually been drained from our schools over the duration of this government's term. So since 2008, 2018, the impact in our schools, on our classrooms, on teachers, on education workers, on students is tremendous and this space becomes an opportunity for members to share the realities as well as all of the amazing things that they're doing to make things work on the ground, despite um, what is happening. But I'm I'm hoping this space also becomes a place where teachers can share um, and, uh, and get support Right Be able to actually put out what they need, like smaller class sizes, like more supports, not less in their buildings, like healthy and safe buildings. Those are all the things that we know that our members want as well as uh, parents want and I'm hoping this space becomes a place where teachers can talk about that.
1: Thank you so much for highlighting those very important points, Helen and Nigel um, absolutely. We want authentic voices. We want the voices from the teachers that are in these spaces and are dealing with these issues on a day-to-day basis. And I think that that is one of the most important things that we also hope to get from this podcast. And we've got a number of incredible teachers from across the system in varying different roles that are going to be speaking with us about many of the challenges that they face in the classroom, but also the things that are working and where are some of the supports that they need a little bit extra and of course like you mentioned what are those misconceptions we've heard one narrative in the media over and over and over again and it's time to hear the counter narrative to that to to talk about what's actually happening and what are the things that we really need so those are some really incredible points. Che, did you did you have anything else to add to that before we move on to our next question?
0: Well, Pav, not that this is a comedy show, but after you speak, all <laughs> I can ever add is yes, I agree. But I think the, the key is 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 so many of the teacher stories are just told in yeah. little mini micro blurbs. And I think the podcast yeah. really allows teachers and educators and everyone in these spaces to tell really nuanced, detailed stories of the of the stories that aren't being heard. So when you get the simple narrative of we've increased funding for special education, but when we talk to special education teachers, they can give you thirty minutes of what their day looks like. Perhaps that easy selling point. If we're investing more, and now we start to question, and this is what we need: we need to question these values and these numbers. And we hope that the that we hope that these interviews are provocations for people to dive a little deeper because they have a little bit more to use to question.
1: Right and let's not forget the multitude of voices there are so many different voices that we need to be hearing more from and that is really what we hope to be able to do so um so thank you once again for gifting us with the opportunity to to bring this uh project to life within the ett and within uh the toronto community so that we can get more of these stories being told um it is such an honor for us as well um and as we speak about some of these misconceptions, what are some of these pressing issues that we feel are being repre- misrepresented in the media um, that you would love for, to, for us to use this space to inform the audiences about? So we touched on a few of these issues already, talking about special education, talking about, you know, the different people that are represented within the ETT community. But tell us a little bit more about some of those issues that we want to bring a little bit more light to uh, w- through the podcast through these conversations? Maybe Helen, you wanna go first?
2: Sure. Um, I mean, I I think that the issues that we we would wanna highlight, you know, again, um, teachers and education workers uh, do incredible, amazing work every single day in their classrooms, and yet, uh, the, the, the big problem that we're seeing right now is that they don't have the support and a partnership in government that will actually build with them um, the, the kind of public education system that allows all of our students to truly thrive and meet their full potential. And I think that's it in a nutshell. So they strive. <laughs> Uh, You know, everyone that's on the ground in schools right now uh, strive mightily and do amazing work every day. Uh, But you actually, you can set things up um, so much better for, uh, for success with, for example, smaller class sizes so that each student gets the kind of individualized attention that they deserve. It is almost impossible to deliver that kind of one-on-one attention if you've got a you know a kindergarten class of 34 students if you've got a grade 6 class of 36 students and that actually exists in our board Mm -hmm. um, we have uh, we have um, students that need more caring adults not less and nigel touched on this earlier Students, especially uh, coming out of these last three years, some of the most difficult three years of struggle in schools, but in our communities Um, at large as well, and instead of actually packing our schools with with more caring adults, more uh, social workers, more psychologists, more nurses, more CYWs, more EAs, more special education resource teachers, um, more arts teachers, more phys ed teachers, all of those amazing things that bring the full scope to our students, uh, we actually saw this government suck out those resources um, take, uh, those incredibly important human resources out of our system, instead of putting more in, um, I'm going to draw your attention to the, uh, the amazing OSBCU CUPE fight that happened in the fall. You know, they had like, yeah, exactly. Solidarity was amazing. They had, uh, they had a couple of key demands, right? So in terms of wages, Uh, Obviously, wages that actually allow you to live, uh, you know, especially in the city of Toronto, Mm -hmm. but the other key demand was for was for more staffing to support our students needs on the ground in our schools, and they could not they could not get this government to actually do what was necessary in that round of bargaining in terms of ratcheting up the level of staffing supports. And we're seeing that play out every single day in our buildings and the impact on that. We're seeing, uh, so FO just released a report yesterday that got a lot of media play, right? Yep. On uh, violent incidents in our schools. You know, and I listened, I, I don't know if some of you saw the response from Doug Ford on that. I, I gobsmacked. I don't. I'm not going to. Uh, yeah, I. I don't know how else to to, to characterize his response to it. Um, but uh, you know what everybody is crying out for. What everybody knows actually needs to happen to deal with those issues. We've got students again that are coming out of uh, very very challenging situations, especially over the last three years. What they need is more support in their schools. They need more one-on-one support where that's necessary. And what we've got is a government that is actually that has absolutely refused to provide that kind of additional support and then turns around and yesterday in the response blames students that's right. um, and and blames parents. Yeah. At the same time. Uh, this government, you know, when there's no separation again, schools, you know, do not exist on the planet Zoltan. We have, you know, our schools are in our communities are it's, you know, and, and we've got like struggle, like, like never before happening right now, right? Like the cost of living crisis is so significant across, uh, and it touches so many, uh, of our students, their families, our own members, um, that are struggling to make ends meet as well. And a government response uh, where we see you know instead of actually pumping more supports to make sure that we 've got affordable rent to make sure that this city, for example, everyone can live in and play in and work in uh, well, um, we see them taking our money and shoveling it off to to developer friends as well as uh, as well as their corporate friends in billions of dollars in tax cuts so You know, I would say that those are some of the the key issues that we're looking at right now, some of the key issues that we are organizing around right now, building our power to organize on. Because, you know, although those are key issues, we also know how to get wins on those issues, which is bringing people together, Mm -hmm. um, getting, you know, building up our strength in numbers, building up our power and going at this government and demanding what we need.
1: Thank you, Helen. Those are incredible points that you have raised, and those are definitely things that we hope to continue to touch upon through our conversations. Uh, Nigel, was there anything that Helen perhaps uh, overlooked or didn't mention, or something additional that you wanted to add?
3: That's never. That never happens. That, that never happens. happens yeah. <laughs> That's a, a running theme we she have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I totally trust me. Um, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing watching and listening to her. I mean, for me, I think just anything to add is just, we know that there is more than enough money to pay for all of the things that Helen just talked about. Yeah. Right? We know that. And when you've got guys like Galen Weston, and we got Elon Musk, you got these guys who are not paying their fair share right we know that people are these billionaires and large corporations that are hiding their money down in down in the islands somewhere or you know off off across to europe we know that they're not paying their fair share so don't try to turn around and tell our students tell our families tell teachers that there's not enough money to make sure that you have a a um a child and youth worker that every school has a psychologist attached to it that we have learning coaches at every school. We have more than enough. I think we, you know, at the executive, we we've talked about this little interesting calculation. And I hope everybody does this, right? Just you pull out your phone, you got your calculator. What we know is that all TDSB schools were defunded eleven hundred dollars since twenty eighteen. The Center for Canadian Center for Policy Alternative, Ricardo Transgen, he sh- he's shared his numbers. We know that. So if you take that number multiplied by the number of children in your school, that equals the num the dollars that were taken out of your, that your child's school, that arts children's school since twenty eighteen. That is hundreds of thousands of dollars per school. Just think about it for a moment. How many? teachers, how, how we could have made class sizes smaller, how we could have made sure we had more social workers. So I, that if there's anything, after, you know, during the arc of this programming that we kind of make sure that members understand, it's not their fault. There's more than enough money for all of us.
2: I love that. So good, Nigel. Brilliantly oh, brilliant. stated. Yeah.
0: Uh, I've, taken, yep. I've taken endless notes because this is what I do. I found it funny. Well, I didn't find it funny is that I found it funny that the premier found it funny to joke off the whole violence in schools remark. Sometimes as a teacher yes. in my leader, it's not only what you say, it's your mannerisms in which you deliver a message. So what he said was off the cuff and totally ridiculous in just the content but just his whole facial expression sort of laughing it off as a joke are you not listening to the information being provided to you and if I have a teacher looking to my leader and their facial expression doesn't seem to to care at all about what information is being given to them it's a shutoff. off It turns turns you off as a teacher. You wonder why you're giving so much. And and Helen, as you were giving that story and Nigel, and you followed that up, there's enough money. It reminded me that teachers are being so weaponized in the public. This is why our teacher programs don't have enough enrollment going in. That they're extending their deadlines because people are hesitant to jump into teaching. And I think mm-hmm. one of the roles of this podcast, I hope, is to elevate these stories. Pat, you talked a little bit about that. Also, that asset lens. Teachers are doing great things. Education workers are doing great things. Let's sort of amplify amplify those stories and get past these, these simple narratives. We've been talking podcasting today, but Nigel and Helen, we want to give you a little bit of space because the ETT is not simply about this podcast. So much is going on and you have so many different things you are involved in and making sure messaging is getting out. What's on the horizon for both of you to sort of share with the audience? Well, yes, thanks for tuning in here. Keep tuning in. But what else can, can folks go to tap into what the ETT is up to currently? Nigel, why don't you start this
2: one?
1: Maybe while we wait for Nigel, um Helen, do you want to jump into that?
2: Sure. Um, so there's some amazing things happening right now. I think probably most of you know. I'm seeing you, Pav, sitting in red, uh, mm-hmm. Nigel as well. So we've got a Red for Ed campaign that's happening right now on Fridays. Um, you know, all this year, um, our amazing executive officer team has been going into schools, has been meeting with uh, with members on school visits, as you know, as well as the daily phone calls um, that we that we have with our members about the issues that are happening, um, and the goal Goal this year was to build up tight and strong and organized uh, work sites. So all of our you know, 470 sites across the TDSB, um, because what we know is that when we come together tight and strong and organized, that is the power that we need to win on the issues that we've just been talking about today. Going forward um we've uh we've talked about so that work has been ongoing this year uh we um we have our amazing uh list of local bargaining demands that was ratified by our membership in march just before the march break um and uh that package of demands uh places Uh, significant emphasis on some of the key issues that our members are dealing with right now, especially around, for example, um, workload issues and true input into the decision-making processes that have such an impact on our members' day-to-day working conditions. So going forward, uh, we've reached out to the TDSB. uh, We're setting up local bargaining dates. Um, We're hoping to get those those off the ground before the end of this school year, Mm -hmm. and that will be ratcheting up um, in the following school year, and um, and we are joined, we are joining with uh, right now an amazing campaign by the Ontario Federation of Labour called "Enough Is Enough." Um, everything that we've been talking about today, so the cost of living crisis that is having such an incredible impact on all of our communities. Um, we're joining in with, uh, with the Ontario Federation of Labour. We're joining with nurses. We're joining with steel workers. We're joining with PSWs. Um, we're joining with TTC workers all across, uh, this province exactly to build our numbers against strong, And to come together on June 3rd and to tell this government enough is enough. We demand to have strong public sector services. We demand to have, um, you know, the kind of uh, living conditions that allow all of us to, to thrive, not just some of us. So those are some of the important campaigns that we're involved in right now.
1: I'm hearing that there's a lot of solidarity. There's a lot of supporting each other uh, through many of the the common strifes that we are going through at this current Absolutely. time during this climate, and and so we need to continue to support each other uh, as we as we work through some of these challenges that we are experiencing. Nigel, I know you might have missed some of those um, items that Helen talked about um, while you were refreshing your browser there, but uh, is there anything that you feel imperative that we need to add to talk about as? as some of the things that we're working on and some of the things that are on the horizon for us?
4: I mean, you know, as I talk to, especially like our younger teachers, a lot of them don't know about the days of action. You know, it, it's something that seems, you know, far away, but there are many of our of, of school teachers that went through that and if they hadn't made, you know, we would not have things like our prep, you know, our prep time and, 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 and there's so many of the other things that we just come to take for, take for granted now. So, you know, I think, you know, like saying about every generation, you know, has their has their moment, and, and this is our generation's moment. And I think that we have to, you know, when we look at our, we talk to our children when they go out for recess, and we say to them all the time, hey, if there's a bully, what do you do? And we say, we tell them to speak up, right? So, we as school teachers cannot tell our students to speak up if we don't, at the same time, turn around and say to Doug Ford and Stephen Lecce, we're not going away. We see you and we're not going to stop and we're going to fight until we win. And when we, you, there is no winning without fighting. We got to fight. Alan and I, we saw Chris Smalls last week um, from, he's a young brother, just from, from you know, you, I'm assuming you would never think that he was the guy to, to start the very first ever union that he took off just days ago. And one of, is my main takeaway when he, when he shared that, which says that, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter where you are, just matters about what you do right now in this moment. And he, he stood up to, to Jeff Bezos, the richest human being in the world on the planet, and one. So I know that we as ETT elementary school teachers, we Helen says it to me outside, Nigel, we have all the pieces. We just got to pull it together and we can fight this guy. But we need every school teacher, every EA, every parent, every student. We're going to come together, and we're going to fight these guys back. Just and following all of the things that Helen has already pointed out that the that our executive has has planned. It's so so exciting, and we're going to win. We are going to
2: win. Woo! <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Powerfully stated. Um, Amazing. I think this is a great way to wrap up our first episode of the Teacher Talk ETT podcast with a wonderful interview with Nigel and Helen, just setting the scene for what you can expect in this podcast teacher stories, amplifying the experience of an education and, and being the counter narrative to the very simplistic narrative that is often thrust in the general public. Pav, any final word before we give it to Helen and Nigel to say a little final word before we wrap this up?
1: You know, I'm very excited. I'm very excited for the many conversations that we're going to have over the next uh, few weeks and months um, and speaking to these boots on the ground, speaking to these teachers that have their authentic stories to tell, that have their voices to share. You these are the things that we are faced with on a day to day basis. These are the things that we want to put out there for everyone to hear about. And and we want to hear those authentic voices. So uh, we're really excited and we're very excited to hear from you as well. Uh, I think that this is a fantastic opener for everyone to sort of hear from Helen and Nigel, uh, ETT president and vice president, and, and just set the tone for really what we are expecting to uh, come back with. So thank you so much for joining us today. And please, uh, let us lead us out with, uh, your final thought before we end the episode, our intro episode to the podcast.
2: Oh, I just want to say um, I'm so I'm so thrilled uh, that you've that you're working with us to do this. It's just it for me, it's like one more example, like who would know we would have such experts among our amazing ETT members that are that are podcast experts. I mean, it's just um, it's incredible. You know, if we did an inventory, skills inventory bank, and I've thought about doing that sometimes with, you know, our amazing 10,000 members, there would just be like, it would be incredible. I know that, you know, we can take on all the things that we want to take on. Um, It's just coming together, building that power, as Nigel has talked about so amazingly, um, and as the two of you are helping us do with this podcast uh, and going forward together. And we, we, we have, we have amazing, amazing power when we come together. So I'm excited for what we're going to do. And I am excited for uh, the teacher voices that are going to come through, uh, through this podcast. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing.
1: Thank you, Helen. Nigel?
2: No, it's it. Helen said it perfectly. Amazing. Yay.
1: Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for joining us today for our first episode of the ETT thank podcast, you. Teacher Talk. Thank you so much.
0: And that's a wrap for today's episode of Teacher Talk, an ETT podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this insightful discussion. We'd like to remind and encourage you to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite listening platform. It's this feedback that helps us reach more educators like yourself. And while you're doing that, don't forget to visit the website at ett.ca where you'll find additional information and resources about upcoming events with ETT. The ideas and opinions shared on this podcast are our own. They do not represent the viewpoint of any organization. Rather, we aim to provide a platform for open dialogue and thought-provoking conversations that amplify and elevate the stories of teaching and learning you have any topics you'd like us to cover or any questions you'd like us to address in future episodes feel free to reach out to us on social media or email teacher at ett.on.ca because we love hearing from the educational community teacher talk is a chain path educational services production where we strive to bring you the best in professional development and educational production You can connect with us at CheAndPav.com for all your podcasting and professional development needs. Until next time, keep inspiring, keep teaching, and keep making a difference in the lives of your students.